I know it's early, but a couple of big superstar contracts and big acquisitions aren't exactly paying off right now. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. baseball fans and welcome to lockdown mlb part of the lockdown podcast network where it's your team every day this is the daily podcast we talk about all of major league baseball i am your host paul francis sullivan if i wasn't how could i have this lower third or you can call me sully i am an emmy nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade now and this is my fifth season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channels. We are slowly but steadily making it to our goal of 1 billion subscribers. And by the way, this episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make cooking at home fun, easy, and affordable and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use code MLB60 for 60% off free shipping. And subscribe to us on YouTube. I mentioned that already. Oh, by the way, we're doing a crossover. Guess hey. who's sitting right over there? It's me. Got my quality company man shirt on today. Oh, repping the lockdown. Yeah, come I forgot, on. I forgot, to wear my, I forgot to wear my swag. Yeah, where's the branding? Miller Thomas, host of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, of course. Please follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up the show account, Locked On Dimebacks. Just type it in in the little search bar on both Twitter and Instagram. And please, just like Sully Baseball, we are nowhere near 1 billion subscribers, but we're trying to hit hit 500. So please hit subscribe on the Locked On Dimebacks YouTube channel. Uh, it's, uh, we're recording this on the 17th of April. Some of the games are still going on. The Red Sox game, uh, yeah, on Patriots day, of course, starts at eight in the morning here in California, 11 o'clock. I love it. It's, it's, it's one of those great traditions. I love the individual traditions we have. It's always been that way where the Red Sox play the early game to allow people to also support the marathon. Obviously we know what happened 10 years ago. Um, the tragedy that happened Mm -hmm. and it was, it was, I just remember, I, during the doing the old Sully baseball show, the day that happened, just being just crushed by what the devastation emotionally, which led, of course, to the big poppy speech in the 2013 World Series. It just it sometimes that entire season felt like an out of body experience as a Red Sox fan. I love cities that have kind of specific traditions like that. I love the roll call at Yankee Stadium. I love where you know the, the the bleacher bums do the roll call for the players and the players have to sort of you know answer them. I think that's fantastic. I love the uh, the tradition of the the new the relatively new tradition of the uh, the boats uh, rowing up to the games in San Francisco. Although it's not so new anymore, they've been there for twenty three seasons now, and. Um, you know, and and there there's some great traditions. Believe it or not, there's great traditions in Oakland, mm-hmm. where you have there. If you go back to the '70s, you always have banners that the fans made for every one of the players. Even reserve infielders have banners. The the fans banging the drums, the guys with the banjo going around. You know, fans in Oakland, they're not plentiful, 
but the ones who are there, you should, every baseball fan should go to at least one game in Oakland because you get to see the love and enthusiasm that the fans who do go there uh, have. So I love, I love those, those traditions that are like individual for the stadiums. Yeah, and I heard Oakland might be starting a new tradition very soon because I heard they're going to be doing a reverse boycott later this summer where they're actually going to get all the fans to go to the game and boycott the game. It's the most insane thing I ever heard. Reverse boycott where fans are actually going to show up to the stadium and pack the house. We got your ownership. We're packing the, the, the stadium and we're buying beers. We're buying hot dogs. Right now. I would love to eventually if they organized for 81 games the reverse boycott and you just see every day Oakland is just filled to the gills. It's like... What are we doing? Maybe we can. Maybe we shouldn't move there. But uh, by the way, uh, uh, the game, the game that was played at Fenway Park at the crack at dawn uh, right. was a bit of a mess. It was played in the rain. There was a delay. The Red Sox were down by four before they even came to bat, and the final score was five four. Uh, the the Angels held on, even though the Red Sox rallied in the ninth inning. Uh, Otani had to be lifted because he pitched the first few innings. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Angels and because they wound up salvaging one game. The Red Sox won the first three games of that series. Mm-hmm. So even though the Sox lost that game, they did win the series three games out, out of four, which you take any time. Um, I do want to bring up, you know, they, and they lost the game started by Otani, which you probably earmarked as probably a loss anyway. I do want to talk a little bit about the Angels and their managerial situation because well, I have I have some thoughts that may not please Angel fans. Um, the Rays got a rare butt whipping by the Reds. The Reds. T.J. Friedel is that how you pronounce the name? Or Friedel was one of the kids in The Sound of Music. Got a game clearing double and eight one. Boy, the and- Rays. You know what? The Rays are the Rays are bad. Break. They should just just they, they rebuild rebuild Tampa. And was that another game with a rain delay? Just because I'm looking at the box score, both starters only went three innings, which is pretty weird. Maybe it's one of those weird situations where you did the reverse starting pitcher thing because the Rays did have beaks going. But Hunter Green started for the Cincinnati Reds. He only went three innings. So I didn't even get a chance to catch this game. So I wonder if it did go into rain delay. But the fact that the Reds of all teams, when you think about what Tampa Bay has done this season, when at one point this year, we we're looking at the New York Gothams of the world and saying no team has started a season like this since like 1855. St. Louis Maroons, the St. Louis yeah. Maroons, the St. Louis Maroons. And then you look up and it's the Cincinnati Reds of all teams that put the best butt whooping on the Tampa Bay Rays this season, something you would never expect. And I think if you probably bet on this game on FanDuel before the game started, you probably could have got insane odds on the Reds to win this game. Oh, if only FanDuel was a sponsor of today, yeah. we would have just been perfect in there. Oh, by the way, let's go to another. Uh, Logan Webb signed a contract extension oh, yeah. with the San Francisco Giants and rewarded the Giants with a loss. Uh, Jorge Soler came up as a pinch hitter in a big two-run home run. And the Marlins, a team that, remember, I picked the Marlins to be a wild-card team, and they, they're above 500 now. Uh, and they've done that despite having some subpar performances by Sandy Alcantara. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm just saying there's some yeah. good things going on there. Um, I, let's, uh, by the way, uh, the Cubs A's game is still going on. Uh, shocker. The Cubs are whipping the A's. Sully and I will continue our conversation, but first.
Uh, but what? you you are an, okay. Okay. You are the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. That's me. The first place Diamondbacks. Ooh, ooh, say it again, Sully. Say it again. I, you know, it's still early, but I've it's submitted early. my taxes. It's we passed tax day, and the D-backs. And here's the deal. And this is one reason I'm bringing this up. Uh, they are they they doubled up St. Louis today. Helped mm-hmm. helped by a grand slam by wait who uh, friend of the pod Paven Smith. Paven Smith at the granny, and they got that win against a good team. Yeah. Or a team that we thought was going to be good. In fact, it was a consensus pick to win the National Central. And they could very well do that. But they doubled them up. And they needed that because the Cardinals rallied late. Uh, they, I think it was a Tommy Edmond home run. Someone else hit a home hmm. run uh, for St. Yeah, Lou. But weird. at this point, the Diamondbacks are doing exactly what they should be doing, which is taking advantage of underachievers in the division. Now, L.A., uh, San Diego looks like they're going to lose to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. LA has just started against the Mets, but as of this recording, the D-backs are the only team in the division above 500. Yes, and sir. so, you know what? You've, you, if you want a surprise, it's better to get off to a good start. Yeah, it's still, you know, I can't get too high on my horses just yet because it's still so early in the season. The sample size is still so small, but Sully, like we've been saying, it's never too early to win games. And the Dodgers fans of my life, the Padres fans of my life, they're like, come talk to me in September. These games don't even matter right now. Guess they what? do. They, they do, do matter. And in September, guess what? The D-backs don't face those teams again until like August. So the fact that they have the early lead now is so much more impressive. And they did against a Cardinals team who had Jack Flaherty on the mound today, who has been a guy that's been very hurt the last couple of seasons. He was one of the top pitchers back in 2019. And he's been back to looking really good this year. Maybe not that 2019 self. And he was dominant against the D-backs today. Don't look at the box score because the bullpen really let him down when he came out the game. But the D-backs took it to Jack Flaherty. They're going to face Jordan Montgomery tomorrow. Um, but this has just been a kind of weird season for Cardinals fans because, like you said, I think they're now seven and ten on the season or seven and nine. They have a below five hundred record, and you look at that lineup like they have a bunch of dudes that are actually performing well from the Arenados, the Goldschmidt guys like Jordan Walker had one of the best starts yeah. for a rookie ever, um, and they just haven't scored a lot of runs like. In terms of batting average, they score very high. In terms of like OPS, they're like top five as well, but they just don't put runs across the board. They're not great with runners in scoring position. So you want to see that turn around for them. Their rotation has been kind of weird. I don't think Wainwright's made a start yet this year. Miles Mikolas has been really bad for them this year. So I do think the Cardinals can turn around. I think they have so much talent. It's just been a really weird start to the season. I think eventually they'll probably hit their stride. Here's where it's important. Uh, yes, it's early in the season. I just submitted mm-hmm. my taxes. But if you're going to be a surprise team, just mm-hmm. psychologically, it helps to get out of the gate. Yeah. To be like, okay, we're going to May and we're not already done. Oakland started the season losing 13 of their first 16 games. Kansas City has started the season losing 13 of their first 17 games. Uh, what, are, what are some other crud teams? The Nats have lost 11 of their first 16 games. Colorado has lost 11 of the first 16 games. When you're those teams where nobody's expecting anything from you and you 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 lay an egg right out of the gate, that, there's why bother going to a game? I mean, unless yeah. I mean if you're I mean, I'm the one guy <laughs> saying I like I just like baseball, but if you're a casual fan and you're a Rockies fan, this team's this team's out of it before May. 
Yeah. And so at least for the Diamondbacks and for Pittsburgh, who's playing, you know, scoring big against Colorado tonight, and like the Diamondbacks, who are taking advantage of slow starts from some of the favorites, Pittsburgh is taking advantage of a slow start from St. Louis. Do I think Pittsburgh is necessarily going to be there at the end? Not really. But if you want to at least build on something or improve something, just psychologically it helps to get out of the gates. So by the time you turn the calendar page to May, you're like, okay, all right, let's see what we are. Let's yeah. see what we are. And no one was picking for the D-backs in the World Series or anything like that before the season, but there were a lot of people's picks maybe be the dark horse or like the team to watch out not for. Me. Not yeah, me. <laughs> not you. Here's a sleeper team that could come in and steal wild card. And if you start the season, you just flip their record. If they're seven and ten, third place in that division, a couple games behind the Dodgers or Padres, you're like, okay, this is just going to be another season where the D-backs are maybe feisty, but they're just clearly a level and tier below those other teams in the division. And now you can say, yeah, they still not might not be on the same level of those teams, but they at least can compete and fight and battle with them, and they have a real shot at maybe making some noise, being an eighty-plus win team, and we'll see about the wild card and i think if you had any expectations for the d-backs you're validated by this hot start to the season hopefully it could continue going well look at those are some of the teams that are playing above expectations Ooh. there's a couple of teams that are playing below expectations or below what they can do that makes me wonder if the person with the car keys Ooh. are the right person to take the job and to manage the team. And it's not necessarily the teams with the worst record. We'll get to that in segment two, but my friend Miller Thomas has a little something that's tell us about so rare. Oh, Sully, I gotta tell our listeners about our new sponsor, So Rare, because it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitors and rewards. So rare. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle at the end of game weeks. So rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MOB stars prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled S O R E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on start playing today. By the way, as we're recording this, the Cubs are now beating the A's six to one. Oof. I mean, it's I'm going to probably I'm going up to the Bay Area for a chunk of the summer and I'm going to go to a few A's games. Um, folks, go to an A's game. Seriously, <laughs> go to an A's game. 
be amongst those rabid fans who do love and adore their team and uh you know go there while you still have a chance to go to a game there because oh man it just it doesn't look good for the A's sticking around there um uh, oh by the way the Astros are absolutely manhandling Toronto right now They're 9 bad. to 2 uh, who's the big who's the big slugging star for today in the Astros? It would be drumroll Abreu. Oh, he Abreu. hasn't done too much this season. He's actually no, had not, like a pretty slow start. Yeah. Now let's talk about some big acquisitions that necessarily that that have not reached their expectations. We got word that Giancarlo Stanton is going to miss not just a couple of games. He may miss a giant chunk of the season he may not be back till after the all-star break and this is one of those things whenever you hear like well it's gonna be four to six weeks and mm-hmm. four to six weeks go by it's kind of like when you take your car into be uh to the mechanic and like hey uh is this gonna be done anytime soon um stanton looks like he's gonna be gone for a little bit uh and uh, uh, not a small chunk of the season and Remember when the when the Yankees acquired Giancarlo Stanton and oh yeah, people were already printing out World Series tickets for 2018 and the ground shook that day. Oh my God, it was oh this is not fair, Derek Jeter. It was collusion and everything <laughs> yeah, like it was that. Collusion, I forgot. Um, they colluded. He had a, he had a you know because he was coming off his 59 home run season when he won the National League MVP for the Marlins in 2017. Um, he had he had experienced injuries in several seasons leading up to that. He played 158 games his first year, hit his 38 home runs, you know, was mm-hmm. good, but was virtually non-existent in the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020, of course, was COVID. Give him credit in 2021 that his hitting down the stretch basically got the Yankees in the wildcard game, and he was just a few feet away from having a three-home run game in the wildcard game. Um, last year, even though he made the all-star team, he slashed 211, 297, 462. Forget a 900 OPS. He didn't have a 760 OPS. He had 31 homers, but you know, he, he only played 120, 110 games last year. And this year, you know, he's hit some power, but he's going to be gone again. And uh, this is his sixth year with the Yankees. And, at least half of those seasons are going to be injury plagued. And the question is, has this been a good acquisition for the Yankees? Has this been a bust? It's a pretty loaded question, Sully Baseball, because like you just laid out, Giancarlo Stan, there has been a lot of ups and downs. And when it's down, it's a lot of injuries, specifically like soft tissue injuries, where it's like those naggy hamstring injuries. I feel like if you pulled Yankees fans, they probably haven't been too happy with the Giancarlo Stan experience. But when he's been healthy in the regular season, he's been a home run masher, which you brought him over to do. But the reason I can't say it's been a complete bust, despite him missing a ton of time in a Yankees uniform, is because I look up, I look at his postseason stats to the baseball, and despite even the years where he misses a lot of games, he's there for postseason ball. And in 27 postseason games for the Yankees, he's got 11 home runs and a 963 OPS. When the Yankees have made the playoffs and Stan has been healthy in that lineup, like you mentioned in that Red Sox wildcard game where he was by far and away the best player and carried that team in that game, Stan in a lot of these series, especially against the tougher opponents when he's gone against maybe not the Red Sox in 2019, but the Red Sox in 2021, the Astros, I think in, 
2019 or 2020, like against the bigger rival opponents when he gets the postseason, Stan has usually lived up to his money and has performed well and excelled well in those situations. So even though during the regular season, there's up and downs, yes, he can still hit home runs, but yes, he will have a hamstring strain and be out for two months. But as long as he's there in your lineup for the postseason, you have a chance to win a lot of games with Stan at the plate. Yeah, and as I mentioned, down the stretch in 2021, which was a very strange year for the Yankees. I mean, just mm-hmm. ask Stacey Gutsulius of Lockdown Yankees. Stacey. It was a weird, weird year for the team because they had a ton of injuries. They were really a – they were playing in kind of a lethargic way, and they had so many of those games where the bullpen just wet the bed with massive meltdowns. And yet it was Stanton and his – being a one-man wrecking crew against Boston down the stretch Mm -hmm. that basically slugged the Yankees into the postseason on the final day of the season. Um, And remember, in the COVID year, he wound up hitting four home runs in a five-game series against Tampa Bay, one that Joe Girardi managed the Yankees out. Not Joe Girardi, I'm sorry, Aaron Boone uh manage oh we'll get to joe girardi in a little bit uh <laughs> but uh the manage the uh manage the yankees out of that playoff series um i think that people thought they were getting an all-time great i think you made yeah. you made a great point and if the yankees had won the world series one of those years when one of the years where he was hitting some big home runs in the postseason he might have become one of those players in yankee history that uh are beloved that may not have put up the best regular season stats, but you know, you know, Jim Lairitz comes to mind. El Duque Hernandez comes to mind of someone. When you actually look at their regular season stats, they were not really that remarkable and yet are, you know, never have to pay for a meal in New York ever again because of their gigantic postseason heroics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Reggie was looked like he was going to be a bust until game six of the world series in 1977. Um, And, you know, and, and so Stanton, Stanton needs a ring, which he has to be a big contributor for. You can't just be a pinch hitter on this. And he has to contribute that in order to solidify that, you know, that spot, because that's what he was acquired for. And he's done his, his end of the bargain in some of the postseason series, but you know, you know, so did Raul Labanias. Yeah, and guys like Stan, like you said, it's all going to be validated in the postseason. He's someone that's going to have a lot more opportunities because he's under contract until the year 2028, which is maybe not the worst contract in Major League Baseball because that last year of his deal, it's a team option. And then the last two years before that last year, the Marlins are chipping in $10 million a year each of those two seasons. So the Yankees do get a little bit shaved off, and Stan this season is actually the 12th highest paid player in baseball, tied with Miguel Cabrera. A little fun fact for the listeners out there. I was just doing that. Um, but I, I did, if you know, if we're going to be talking about worst contracts, I just had to get this guy in there because we brought up the Angels earlier. Do you know, Sully Baseball, who is the fourth highest paid player in baseball this season, sandwiched in between Aaron Judge and Mike Trout? Well, because you said the Angels, uh-huh. and I have a feeling, it, yeah, and you just said Mike Trout. Yeah. I'm kind of bracing myself. Is it Anthony Rendon? 
Anthony Rendon is taking home a whopping $38 million this year and for like the next three to four years. Anthony Rendon, who is fighting fans out here, might be on the worst contract in Major League Baseball. Just had to shoehorn that in real quick. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Part two with Silly Baseball, where we break down some more bad contracts in baseball, some underperforming players, some managers on the hot seat, and so much more on tomorrow's Locked On Dimebacks.